financially, that those who are articulate, those who know how to communicate their thoughts and ideas are extremely uh, wealthy individuals. So when you come up here, realize that you're going to uh, uh, have the opportunity to really express um, your presence, your stage presence, so that you'll be able to communicate boldly and strongly what you memorize because um, that skill set of speaking will, will really um, provide for you financially down the road because communicating ideas is the way to wealth. And so our memory verse is going to be Romans 15, 4, which says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I'll repeat that again. It says, for whatever things were written, talking about the word of God. And what's so good about that is that when someone writes you a letter, what about that letter is significant to the person that it was written to? Yes, sir. That they took out their time. They took out their time. And why does taking out someone's time meaningful? Um, because it shows them that they cared about you. They cared. That's good. That's good. Yes, sir. They could have been doing something else. Yes, ma'am. Um, personally, personally for you. So when it talks about the word of God, this book was written and they have an acronym for Bible. Y'all know what that is? Y'all remember? So there's two things that we as humans were given that all cars were given, that all devices were given. Your laptop came with these two things. What do you think those two things were? What usually comes with devices, comes with technologies, comes with vehicles? A board. <laughs> I'll help you out. Actually, go ahead, go ahead. Let's see what you got. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh huh. A source. A source. So, your car, well, y'all young. Car you're going to get. <clears throat> the device you got came with a manual. And it also gave you a phone number to give you access to the who? The manufacturer or the source. Why are those two things important for? Uh, the user of that uh, car or device. Yes, ma'am. So, like, anything on the phone that you want to have the that's right, that's right. Anyone else want to add to it? Yeah, so yes. So, what's the greatest technology? I wouldn't even say technology. What's the greatest um, resource or source that we have as believers? The Bible. The Holy Spirit, or I would say salvation, right? The Bible talks about walking out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's why you can't worry about your neighbor's salvation. You can't worry about your mom and them's salvation. You got to focus on walking out yours. And so with that, I want to call it technology, with that gift comes with it a manual as well as access to the manufacturer. So if I have an iPhone, which I do, will I take it to Samsung to get it fixed? No. Why? That's not that major, right? That's not what they created. And so we see that because we were created by God, it is pivotal for us to go to the manual and to the manufacturer we need it because he's the one that created us as well as the gift of salvation. So it says, uh, for whatever things, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning. We'll stop there. So this book was written not just for us to do little daily devotionals. The Bible wasn't written for us to just be like, oh, I got my uh, version notification and I'm just going to read a scripture, right? It's deeper than that. 
Because if I understand that this book is for my learning, what comes after learning? If you drop the L, what do you get? Earning. Earning. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So the more I learn, the more I earn. Right. And so when I understand uh, uh, this Bible was written for my learning, every young man has to get in this Bible to learn what it means to be a man of God, to learn what it means to be a husband, to learn what it means to be a father. All the ladies here has to learn starting now. But both male and female has to start learning what it means to be who you are. Why is that important to start now learning from the word of God about, about the basic levels of you? Yes, sir. Uh, you need to know, well, just because you need to know who you are so that you don't find, like, you don't find out um, from different people that you, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know how to explain No, you're saying it real like, good. You're saying it good. You don't, you don't want to find out yourself from somebody else. You want to find out on your own and who you truly are. Who you truly are. That's good. Anybody want to add to it? Or I thought you had answered. But so we see that it says, for whatever things were written before. So when someone writes you a letter, do they write it after they give you the letter? Nobody writes a love letter or a birthday card. Oh, here's your card. Oh, give me the card back. I got to write something. Right? That's backwards. So we see that God's uh, foreknowledge was... There to say, I have nothing but good things for you. The Bible says, vast are your thoughts of me, O God. Like, the things that God thinks about you is vast. Meaning that, that if I really tap in to what he thinks about me, I can be who I need to be. So, we got to understand that this word of God was written, and it's a timeless document. So, for instance, um, the first book on mathematics that taught you one plus one equals what? That first mathematical book is going to always be timeless. Because one plus one is always going to be what? The first thing, the two things that was in the beginning was God and math, right? So one plus one was always two. So we understand that God has something truthful written for you before time. Then I should make time to find out what he has for me. Because he's written some things that he wants us to operate in. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. And we say we have to learn because if we don't learn, we don't earn that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Let's break that down. That through the patience and comfort of scripture. I love that because one thing about Christianity, I think we talk about that about salvation is that God is not asking for what? Starts with P. Perfect. Perfect. He's not looking for perfection. What he's looking for? Another P word. Maybe I didn't do this with y'all. My bad. Okay, I definitely do this with y'all. <laughs> he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for progression. We talked about how sanctification is not something that God is like. Like, for instance, when my daughter starts riding her bike, I'm not going to be when she falls, start saying, man, you're a trash bike rider. I'm not going to sit there and be like, man, I ain't, I ain't wasting my time with you. What kind of father would you perceive me to be? Terrible, horrible. Put me in a trash can. For real, I feel you. A father who understands the process of writing already incorporated within the writing tutorship, whatever his word is, that she's going to fall. So God knew that as soon as you got saved, he knew you was going to fall again. He wasn't asking for perfection. What he was saying was, hey, trust in me. Read what I say about you so that you won't fall as often. 
Because what happened? Everyone knows how to ride a bike here, right? And if you don't, don't worry about it. No judgment here. I don't you know. know. You know how to ride a bike? No. But whatever you know how to do, right? <laughs> whatever you know, we're going to have to get a bike here and teach you how to ride. We're just going to push you, and then, you know, we'll start you off with training wheels. But everybody who knows how to ride a bike or whatever your skill is, oh, that's how we're riding that bike. Y'all don't fall as often as you used to, right? <laughs> No. When you was four or five, you fell all the time. Scraped your knee, cried to your mama, grabbed your daddy's kneecap. Whatever you did, right? But now, what is a phrase that people say? It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Because one, if, if, even if I get on the bike right now, I'm still getting it. Just like this. You see what I'm saying? I used to be, now I can stand on the, I can, just like when I was a cat, I stand up on the pedals. If there's a big hill, I still can get it in, right? Now, I used to be able to sit, uh, but then I can't do that no more. <laughs> can't, can't sit on the, on the bar. Right? But what I'm saying is, it's like riding a bike. I don't know if I'm sitting on the bar or I forgot what I was doing as a kid. I was reckless, man. But anyway. Oh, like the one wheel Yeah, the one wheel. Yeah, I used to do wheelies and all that stuff. Yeah, I used to jump up on the little the ramps because I was in the hood. And, you know, the, um, the sidewalks were uneven. So, you know, we, anyway. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is there's patience with God. God is saying, hey, my scriptures are not to judge you, but to judge you. And what I mean by that, it's not here to be judgmental, but it's meant to be judged spiritual. Like it's here to judge to say, OK, this is where you got to go. These are the measurements. This is where you can find success. And so we understand that the word of God is for our learning and that the scriptures come with installed in them patience and comfort. Now. Give me one scripture. You can look it up on your device or if you know it by heart. Give me one scripture that is that talks about patience. Yes. Um, in a book, uh, I would have Psalms is patient towards me. Now, what, what, in what ways does scripture comfort us? Comfort. Comfort. Yes. Meaning that he understands every point of all the temptations to know how to be a high priest that can empathize with us and, and help us navigate. Anybody else want to add to that? So we see that it says that scripture is, I'll read again, for whatever things were written before, that means, I love the word whatever. Whatever says what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a husband, father, what it means to be a mother, what it means to be a wife, what it means to be a business. But the Bible's a, a, a uh, man, a dense business book. Business is all through Proverbs. Entrepreneurship is all in this book. It teaches you about business, teaches you about friendships, it teaches you about relationships, teaches you about all those different things. So whatever was written before. Because let me tell you something. I don't know if y'all ever went in your mom or dad's car and you looked at the glove compartment. How thick is that manual? Real thick. Real thick. Now, what is all in that manual? 
every single thing from, from stuff you didn't even know. So if something happens to your car, you're like, I've never seen that light on my dashboard. You can go right to that manual and it'll show you what that light means. So that lets you know that we ask cars, uh, let me ask you this question. What are the two most important things uh, on a vehicle? Steering wheel and brakes. I'm talking about the inside. Well, those are important. Uh, the seats, no, the okay. batteries, top, not top the ten. Top two. The seats, the car batteries. When it comes to going forward, <laughs> what are the two most important things? The, the windshield. Nah. The, 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 the windshield and the dashboard. Why are those two things important? What y'all saying is top ten. But two important things of going forward, going forward. Is the windshield? Why is the windshield important? Oh, okay, you see what's in front of you. Why is the windshield bigger than the rear view mirror? Because you don't really worry about what's behind you. Why is the windshield bigger than the two side mirrors? Because they smaller, they like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> On oh, the average drive, for those most y'all y'all don't drive yet, but you drive. So what? Could you really get somewhere only looking in the rearview mirror? No. Can you really get somewhere only looking at the left mirror? No. The right mirror? No. The windshield? No. So why? Is, okay. <laughs> why is the dashboard so important? The dashboard, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh. The, with the lights and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, what? No, 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 the wind, okay, all right, let me, let me break this point out. All right, let's, the windshield and the dashboard, the dashboard gives you warnings. Oh, that, So when your tire pressure low, the light comes on. When the check the engine light comes on, you know you got to check the engine. So what I'm saying is, anytime something, warning comes up, do you know your body gives you notifications? Like who you are, giving up, it notifies you when you're what? Hungry, sick, tired, sleepy. It notifies, what else, what else do you give me? Notification, light comes on. Head hurt, you need energy. What about, but it's crazy that we say. you get butterflies. That's a good one, that's a good one. It notifies you that you're nervous. Now, it's interesting how we all said physical or emotional things, but we never talked about the spiritual notifications. Oh, when you know somebody ain't right, and you just know your That's spirit. That's discernment, yep. What else? Like, what else? Oh, you just snapping. <laughs> Guys, it, it you, how many times has your spirit been let you know you won't eat? But the issue is we ignore spiritual notifications because if we, oh. when we ignore the word of God, when, go ahead, sir. What do you mean on eat? On eat means like you're on empty. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, no, she's fine, she's fine. So when you understand that this Bible is what's written before, because when you're the creator, you know the end from the beginning. The Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. How, like, that's, that's mind-boggling. Like, like, God knew that, that the son was going to have to be sacrificed even before he created Adam in the dirt. That shows God has a plan. <laughs> that before your situation and circumstances was overwhelming, he had a plan. But if we don't go by the playbook, then my friend, we won't find success. So it says, for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning. Why is learning important? I don't know if I asked that question. I know I said earning, but why is learning so important? So you can have knowledge. Knowledge, yep. Knowledge and wisdom. And wisdom. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Decisions, good. So, 
everybody in here knows to do right. But not all of us do right, right? It's because wisdom means I understand why to do right, right? And so it says, uh, for whatever things were written, whether it's manhood, womanhood, marriage, relationships, friendships, everything were written before for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of scriptures, letting us know that whatever it is that we need learning for, the Holy Spirit through the word will be patient and comforting to get us to that place so that we might have hope. Why is hope so vital to have good hope? Yes. Never give up. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Can someone tell me what that means? The well, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It means this. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Take a seven. What's the point? Yeah, hope is. Now, why is it important to have hope in God? Ultimately, yes. Um, you good? Because he, like, he knows your plans. That well, he knows the plans that he wants you to have, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you like tap in with him, and he's like lays it out in front of you. Yep, yep. He'll never let you down. Never let you down. One of the greatest attributes, and we're gonna do this activity down the road, is finding the attributes of God. An attribute is a characteristic. And so one of the one of my most that's bad English. I'm sorry, Miss Man. I'm gonna say most favorite. That, is that right? No, no, that's wrong. My my favorite attribute of God, one of my top five, top ten, is that He's immutable. Anybody know what that is? I don't know if I said this in front of y'all. Immutable means He never changes. That if I have hope in God, I am assured that no matter what changes, nothing changes. <laughs> no matter what changes. Nothing changes. Because if your friend leaves you, nothing changes. If he breaks up with you, nothing changes. If she leaves you, nothing changes. They may have changed up on you, but God is saying, we good. I've been here since day one. I've been here since day one, and I'm going to hold you to the last day, right? And so we see that the reason why I take my time during our memory verses is because I don't want you guys just to memorize these. I want you to be mindful of them. One of the uh, uh, tragedies to a degree of the school system is that it's rooted or anchored in memorization. That about the time you leave here, you don't forgot it. But mindfulness means that I am mindful of the scripture. The Bible says meditate on the word what? Day and night. Like, like imagine if we took the time to say, okay, I'm going to find a scripture today that I'm going to meditate on day I fall asleep. Meditating on scripture says, man, I, I'm going to let the scripture read me. I'm going to choose. Like, like, if you really love food, you just don't golf it down. You chew that thing. That though, this thing tastes good. I'm going I'm to sit here and I'm going to enjoy. Now, the issue with the eating culture in America and the Western world is that we only eat for 5% of the digestive system. We eat for taste, but we're supposed to eat from taste to waste. Hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> the waste aspect is just as important as the taste aspect. Nobody cares about what you put in the toilet when you use the bathroom, but there's a lot of clues in that. So what we're saying is, is that when we really meditate, we will go after stuff that will be good, not just in taste, 
but will be good for waste. Because if, if you only focus on your taste buds, don't care about your esophagus, don't really care about what it does to your stomach like the Takis y'all eat. Put ulcers in your stomach, right? <laughs> but all we care about is that it's... Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... Um, y'all just so... Keep going, keep going. So with the Takis or with whatever we eat, we care about just the taste, but what else is it doing throughout the rest of the digestive tract? So when we meditate on God's word, this is the most important meal of the day. This right here, I'm telling you, I'm not sitting here being overly spiritual. This right here is the most important meal of the day. So if, if and I'm not sitting there saying you have to eat this before you eat your breakfast. But what I am saying is you got to get your meals in. Because when you chew on this and you meditate on this, it really transforms you. Now the scripture that I want to read and then I'm done is uh, Hebrews 4.12. Anybody find that for me? Yeah, can you read it for me, Swear? 412. 412, uh-huh. Okay. For the word of God is living, living and powerful. <clears throat> sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man. Now, when your mom tells you to go wash the tub, yeah, we know, we know. You know y'all did y'all. Clean the tub. Go clean the tub. You know that, that dirt ring around the tub. You know we dirty, right? Do she tell you to use bar soap? No. Why? Because that's for your body and it's not gonna work like that. It ain't gonna work. What does your mom tell you to get? The comet. The bleach. Why? Why? We'll talk about comet. Why does mama tell you to get the comet? Why? What makes the comet different than the soap? Because it's stronger and One of the things in the scripture that says it says this. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharpening the ear to a sword. It says, but it's another text says active. <clears throat> so the word of God is the most active ingredient on the planet. The issue is we're trying to clean our lives with soap, but where our lives are too dirty for soap. We need something with more active ingredients Bleach. that's able to really get it where it's that shine, right? And to think about the word of God, if we really meditate on it, it goes deep. See, we when we take a bath or a shower, it only cleans the body, but it doesn't clean the mind. It doesn't clean the soul. It doesn't clean the spirit. That's what. That kind of reminds me of. I was watching this video, and it was like you don't come, like you don't come to God after you clean up, like you you go to God to get clean. You go to God to get clean. Like when somebody be like, I want to serve the Lord, but I always stop smoking first, then serve the Lord. That's right. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. He says, one thing I love about Jesus, man. See, do you know your feet have nerve endings or whatever that, that connects to every aspect of your body? So when Jesus cleaned disciples' feet, what was he metaphorically cleaning? All of them. So when you see about Jesus, the word of God... <clears throat> is an active ingredient, meaning that if I really get into this word, it's going to not just clean my mind, but it cleans me inside and out. So how does the word, and I'm going to read it, it says, for the word of God, not the word of your mama, not the word of your dad, not the word of your friend, not the word of Mr. Ez, not the word of anyone, even though it may have some life to it, but this is the most living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division 
of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That scripture has so many layers and I'm going to take some brief time to break it down. It says, for the word of God is living and active or powerful. So that means when I get into God's word, I remember when I, yesterday when I read my Bible, and I always remember my Bible, but yesterday I was able to sit down and really just read for a while. Man, it was like a new perspective. It, was, it wasn't like I was looking for a new perspective. It was just something, just by spending time in it, I, if, I wish I brought my Bible, my Bible at the house, but it, I mean, I was highlighting, circling things, but it was highlighting, circling things in me. Josh, you can work on this. Let me highlight this in your heart. Let me circle this in your heart because this right here is going to change you. So it means it's active and powerful. It says, and sharpening two-edged sword. The word of God is going to cut you. Now, what's the difference between me stabbing you and a doctor doing cutting you for surgery? What's the difference? You're trying to kill you. <laughs> You're right. One's trying to kill you. The other one's trying to help, help you, fix you. So the word of God in the wrong hands could be stabbing. That's a judgmental person. They'll use scripture and be like, well, you shouldn't be. Nah, right? It's stabbing. But a person... The word of God ultimately was designed to do surgery. It's going to cut. And it's going to cut to the point to where it separates soul and spirit. So what it means by that is it's cutting you deep enough so that you will know the differences between who you really are and what your soul is. And the word of God gets so deep when a surgeon goes in and they're cleaning out the mess. They're removing the tumor. They're removing the cancer. Like, like right now, we don't even know if some of us have cancer in here. We don't even know if some of us are sick in here. We don't know until what? It manifests in the body. But it's all, it was in your body before you actually saw it on your body. So the word of God goes so deep that it cuts out the root tumor. It cuts out the cancerous cells. And then it says it even to the joints and marrow, meaning that the word of God, if you allow it to sink in to your spirit, man, and soul, you will actually be healthier. You, your body will feel lighter. That's why people always asking God to heal their body. But God's healing comes with a package deal. God's healing just doesn't say, I want to heal your body. God's healing says, I want to heal your soul. I want to heal your spirit. But God, don't just take this tumor away. No, God, God, take this pain away. He's like, well, take the resentment. Let me take the resentment, too. Amen. Let me take the abandonment, too. Because if I don't take the abandonment, the sickness won't go away. And it says, lastly... Discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God knows when you're faking or when you're telling the truth. And so this week, I just want you guys to be mindful of that scripture. Our memory verse. Can someone find and read it for me? Romans 15, 4. What did it say? You got it, swear. You good. Take your time. You got it? So this week, I just want you to be mindful. Of course, you're going to say your memory verse, but I want you to be mindful of it. I want you even to, after you say your memory verse, and that's what I think I'm going to do. This is my first time doing it with this class, or any class in ninth grade. I want you to say your memory verse, and I want you to say what you got from it, from, mem- from being mindful of it. Yeah, when you come up here, you say, hey, you're going to read your verse and be like, you know what? This is what I got. And it might be a blessing to you. All right, love y'all.
see y'all later. I believe in y'all.